Are your kitchen and bathroom way overdue for a remodel? Well, I got the guy for you. Call John Sellers at First Response Contracting, 484-256-7136. Both residential and commercial services, and he's licensed and insured. Call him at 484-256-7136, First Response Contracting. Hello, this is Brad Wiseman. You're listening to Real Estate and You. We have gone far, far, very far to find our next guest. He's not from Berks County. He's actually from out of the area, but he wrote a book and it's called Thinking Like a Bank. His name is Siri Ibrahim. And uh, I've been reading up about this guy and very, very interesting uh, ways of thinking about financing and, and uh, you know, being able to retire and have enough money, uh, you know, to, left over to live on, things like that. So uh, without any kind of delay, I'm going to bring Siri on here. Sari, sorry, I think I said it wrong. Sari, how you doing? Hey, Brad, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem, man. No problem. I'm probably going to get that name wrong like several times throughout this whole podcast. I'm just kind of preparing you. <laughs> oh, it's okay. A lot of people will get it wrong. It's fine. By the way, mine's really tough. It's just Brad. <laughs> if you say bread, then yeah, you know, then I'll still answer. If you say Brian, I'll still answer. It doesn't matter. But uh yeah, so great to meet you finally. I've been reading up on you and uh so you have this book that you have out, Thinking Like a Bank. Like where do you even come up with that kind of a of a of a title? I love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And what does it mean? Like off the top of your head, what does it mean? Yeah, so it, it means how one, like either an individual or a small business owner or a real estate investor could think like a bank. And rather than just thinking about their subject matter, like for example, if you're a real estate investor, right? You know a lot sure. about real estate, about contracts, mm-hmm. about buying, selling, things like that. But what if you add in another layer to your education and that's thinking like a bank? That's the part yeah. about the aspect of money going in and money going out of your business and how to look at it differently. When you and, and I believe that when you have it positioned that way, it changes your business, right? It changes everything. Like yeah. you start thinking differently about money and more of like thinking like an actual bank. It, it, you apply different principles and different strategies in your business with the assumption that you grow your business in a different way. You're not just thinking you're not just thinking about real estate now from like the physical parts of the structure. You're thinking about it more as if a, a bank would. Yeah. So it's it's a mindset change. Absolutely. It's an absolute mindset change. So what you're talking about is you're looking at everything differently when it comes to money, finances, investments. You're looking at it like a bank. Yes. And how does exactly. a bank look at those things? Well, for one, a bank looks at it more of the aspect of money, not just the the, the tangible things. If we think about like how it. mortgages work, right? So mm-hmm. banks are heavily involved in real estate, but they're not out talking to tenants and dealing with brokers and things like that and title companies. Other people do that for them. Right. They're heavily involved in moving money from point A to point B. All the work is, is really just phones and internet and faxes and the rest. Other people do that. They're just transferring the money. So it's very profitable. In other words, for banks to do sure. Banking is the most profitable industry in history and will continue to do so because people are always looking for financing because interest itself is lucrative because of the fees associated with banking and investment banking. So and other people could apply these strategies and principles. And what kind of like how I found, how I learned more about this is because of what we do for work, right? So we run a company called Financial Assets Protection. Okay. And our main focus is the infinite banking concept or the bank on yourself concept. So a lot of real estate investors do use infinite banking. And what it is, it's, 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 a, it's a way of leveraging money, leveraging your own money, and then you becoming your own source of financing. You control the terms. So that's kind of, you know, where we, how we, what led us into the whole path of thinking like a bank. 
Yeah. And I can go more into detail on like what is infinite banking, if you'd like. Yeah, no, absolutely. What's funny when you say the word leverage, I, I get that. Yeah. I mean, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I'm sure you've read the book. I'm, I, I, I'm, yeah, great book. And that's one of the places that I I first learned about the whole leveraging your money. Uh, and it sounds kind of similar in a little bit is where, you know, if you have $50,000, let's not take that money and put it into one property. Let's buy four properties and split up that money to buy four properties. Because if you spend the $50,000 in one property, you won't, you have a limited amount of return. Whereas if you split up that money, you're, it's money, it's getting your money to work for you instead of you working for your money, correct? Exactly. And to take it a step further, the cost of doing that, the cost of borrowing using 50000 to buy 200000 worth of properties is, uh, is, uh, is cheaper than what you would make on. In other words, you would arbitrage, right? The cost of the capital buying mm-hmm. the money. And the amount of money you would make either from the flip or from rentals would exceed, that's the assumption, it would exceed how much you're spending to make on that money. So that's gotcha. kind of like thinking like a bank, right? Yep. And then when you go to like your bank, for example, and you deposit like $1,000, you're actually loaning the bank your money. You're giving them a loan of $1,000. They now owe you 1000 And then they would take that money and then load it out at a higher interest rate to other people. They would give you actually zero if it's a checking account, most likely. Sure. 0% interest on your money. And then they would loan it out. So they're taking money from point A and then selling it at a higher rate for point B. And the same is true when we're real estate investing, right? When we're investing in real estate, yep. we're taking 50,000 and then we're going to turn it into 200,000 by using banks money and then having an arbitrage. The, the difference between what the money is costing us and what we're earning. Got it. Got it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And and this is, this is different than, than stock market than, than anything else. I mean, this is, this is complete, this is a different way of growing wealth. Exactly. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. It's a different way of growing wealth in that the wealth you're growing is growing with insurance companies. So infinite banking is leveraging whole life insurance and whole life insurance companies to use for real estate or for business or for pretty much anything you want. And what's actually happening is your reserves are sitting with insurance companies. And that's, that's a significant thing from an investor standpoint is that there's a book actually called all about annuities. Mm -hmm. The author talks about, you know, why, why are, why is it important to own annuities and life insurance? And it's because there's about 2,000 life insurance companies right now in the United States. And of those 2,000 insurance companies, life insurance companies, if you were to take all their money and pool it together into one pot, it would be greater than all of the cash uh, from all the world banks and oil companies combined. So it kind of gives you a mathematical measurement of how much cash life insurance companies are actually sitting on. And it's because they have to. They have to have all those reserves in place. So you as a real estate investor now, you need to think like, there has to be at least one place for your money to sit safely. Right. And it's not just che- checking accounts and savings accounts. It has to sit somewhere that's going to accumulate. Well, checking accounts, savings account in this, in this day and age, there's no, there's no growth. I mean, exactly. 0.00125% or whatever it is, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not going to, it's not going to really amount to it. Well, for right now, it doesn't even keep up with normal inflation. I mean, 3%, which we're not even close to right now, but you know, 3% inflation, you, you're not even keeping up with that. So you're actually, when your money's in, in a bank account, it's, it's losing money right now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's losing money because the cost of products and services are increasing, right? So the yep. purchasing, purchasing power is going down. You need to kind of at, at the minimum, at the bare minimum, have it at least ride with inflation at the minimum. You know, of yeah. we want to beat inflation. We want to beat the stock market even. This is why we get into real estate. This is why we open businesses, right? So at least at the minimum, beat the stock market. Um, so, so yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, accumulating wealth is, is definitely a major part of thinking like a bank and then doing so 
um, in a way that's predictable and, and, and you could actually look into the future and see how much it's going to be in the future. Yeah. So basically most of the, what you're talking about is, so you think the best investment is real estate? I think it's one of the best investments. I think, mm-hmm. I think in real estate investing along with other assets and other strategies is perfect. Like for example, yeah. um, having your money with infinite banking alongside real estate. And I would do a little bit, for example, it depends on the client situation. Sure. It depends on different things, but I think real estate is, should be in everybody's portfolio, at least some type, whether rentals, whether flips, whether syndications through limited partnerships. Um, I definitely think that real estate is one of the best investments. Yeah, I like what you said about the limited partnerships because you got to got to um, also watch out for your liability, your exposure. Yes. Yeah, because exactly. you could lose that wealth really quick if somebody sues you for falling on the sidewalk or something like that. Yeah, and then you also have to consider your time, right? When yeah. you're when you're actively running properties, that's going to take your time and it's going to take your expertise. You need to know what you're doing. Whereas limit, being a limited partner, you still need to know, you, you need to understand how real estate works, understand the risk involved with that. But typically other people take care of and manage the properties, right? You're just, you're, you're literally thinking like a bank. You're just funding those, you're helping fund those deals. Yeah, that's cool. So how long have you been doing this? So I've been in financial services for a little over seven years. Mm-hmm. And then specifically with Infinite Banking to going on to year three right now with Infinite Banking. And Infinite Banking is your company? So Infinite Banking is a concept. A concept, a financial okay. service concept. It was invented about 30 years ago by somebody named Nelson Nash. Okay. Um, and it was originally introduced in this book called Becoming Your Own Banker. Got it. So Nelson Nash wrote this book, Becoming Your Own Banker. And it talks about kind of these banking strategies that individuals and small business owners can apply by becoming their own sources of financing. And and then look specifically to go into why like somebody would want to do that is because yeah. if we look right now at our lives, about one third of our money today on average for the average person goes to servicing debt, whether it's student loans, mortgages, credit card debt, car notes, one third of our money goes to that. So we want to hmm. be on the other side of that table. We want to gotcha. be on the other side of the table collecting, you know, that interest back into our pocket. So that's kind of like the, the fundament, the foundation of infinite yeah. is you, recouping the interest you would otherwise pay to other people for it to go back into your pocket. And and how do you get, but here's the thing, people are going to say, Oh, but you have to have money to start this. You have to have money. You have to have money. Where where do you get the money? Where do you, where do you, where's the seed money coming from on this situation? Yeah. I started my first policy with $300 a month. So, you know, that's typically who we're, we're working with. We're working, you know, if you can just deploy like at least three to $500 a month, you could, you could start this concept and benefit from this concept. And you're right. This is not a concept where you have to start, you have to capitalize it. You have to start with money. It's not something where you could put, you know, $10 into it and have a hundred dollars to take out of it. Gotcha. You, know, you could do that later on, but not in the beginning. In the beginning right. it has to be a period of time where you're, 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 you're filling it up. You're funding it. You're funding it. You're funding the account at first. Um, and then going from there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. So what other details can you give me about this and anything else? What else can you give me as far as details? Like how, how does the minute of this work? Like if I gave you 500 bucks right now or a thousand dollars right now, what would you do with it? Okay. So a couple of things. So number one, so there's a couple of ways to fund policies. Typically you could fund them like monthly or annually or mm-hmm. like single premium cases. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be monthly, let's just say $500 a month. Dollar, dollar cost averaging, which is always good in investments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then we would even look at too, like, for example, how long, like if you are, for example, 50 years old, we might project that you're going to fund it for 20 years. How old did you say I was? If, I don't know. I'm saying if, yeah. <laughs> did you I'm say I was, what did you say? <laughs> you're much younger than me. Let's put it that way. So no, I'm 51. So, you know, okay. I, I needed to start a long time ago, you know, with investing. <laughs> we, we want, we want to base it off of your working years, right? Gotcha. So like, if we, if we assume that people are going to retire by age 70, and this is up to the clients, right? This is sure. Absolutely. Ask clients. 
you know, we would base it from their work, how many years they're going to continue to work for. And then gotcha. those amount of years would determine how many years we're going to fund the policy for. Gotcha. So sometimes we could fund the policy for 40 years. And then sometimes you can fund it for seven years. Or sometimes it's a one a single premium where it's just they're funding it for one year only, just one time. Mm-hmm. So we would kind of identify those things and then figure out a strategy. So let's just say 20 years, we're going to fund it, $500 a month. Okay. Now what happens is when we when we start with, with, with the illustration part and the projection part, there's typically two sides of of the projection. One side okay. is guaranteed growth and guaranteed returns. And then the other side is non-guaranteed. So guaranteed is the insurance company says, all right, you give us $500 a month yep. for the next 20 years. We'll guarantee you X amount in cash value and X amount in life insurance every year. There's a column for year one all the way to year 20. And then you could see yep. exactly how much it's going to be. And it's guaranteed. It's in writing right. and it's a contract with an insurance company that's been in business for well over 160 years. So it's and so you you got you guy you would pick the insurance company for this, yes, exactly. correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. So you have the guaranteed side, and then you have the non guaranteed side. The non guaranteed side is the same as the guaranteed side plus dividends. So dividends gotcha. are not guaranteed. But let's say, for example, one of the companies we work with is Lafayette Insurance Company, right? Mm-hmm. So Lafayette Insurance Company has been in business well over a hundred years. It's owned okay. by Western and Southern Financial Group. Very strong financial ratings, right? So Lafayette would say, all right, for the next twenty years, we're going to promise you this amount at least. Plus the dividends. So Lafayette is going to collect right premiums from you know thousands of people. They're going to take on the risk, the life insurance yep. risk. They're also going to do other things with that money. They're going to invest in real estate. They're going to give out private loans. They're going to do real estate syndications. Who's doing They're all gonna, that investing? That's going to be the investment company. The insurance company. The insurance company. Okay. Yeah, they have some investment functions gotcha. where they, they loan off. Their now, are they like REITs? Market. Is that like a real estate investment trust type thing or no? It could be. I could think be. they might invest in REITs as 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 partners or as okay. lenders right, right. to those. And then, yeah, they're loaning out their money to banks. They're loaning out their money to different areas and they're cool. earning interest and you know dividends and profits on that money that they get back. Mm-hmm. And then they distribute those back to the policy owners, to the customers, essentially. So the customer, so that's, so your, your money grows in two ways. It grows on the guaranteed interest that you earn from the insurance company okay. plus dividends and the dividends aren't guaranteed, but we're working with companies who have proven track records of pay, paying out dividends for well over, a hundred years. So that's okay. kind of how your money is growing in the policy, like the technical parts of it. Gotcha. And how long is this, this concept you said has been going around for 30 years or something like that? Yeah. The, the term infinite banking has been going around for about 30 years, but the use of cash value, whole life insurance, like insurance companies mm-hmm. using whole life insurance companies. It's been going for a, a long time. Yeah. For, yeah. for a, over, well over a hundred years, companies and individuals have been using the strategy mm-hmm. For you know, before the Great Depression, those are actually the ones who made it through the Great Depression. Yeah, where families and corporations who have who are backed by life insurance companies. But you'll also find that when I know when I've talked to some investors before, they'll, they'll talk, uh, they'll talk shit on on the whole life thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I've I've heard you know through my fifty one years because you know I'm old because you said it, but um, uh, but no, just kidding. But yeah, so I I seen times where they say you know, well, stay away from that. That's you know, it's such it's it's you're not going to get the growth that you would get out of a more you know maybe a riskier four hundred one k or like a mutual fund or something like that. I don't know. So what what do you say to those? Yeah, and it could be right. It could be a terrible investment. Whole life insurance. It's there's two thousand companies that sell it in the United States. Got it. There's so many different ways to fund it and and structure it. So yeah, th- it could be a terrible investment where you're putting in, for example, you know, five hundred dollars a month, and then you don't see any cash value at all until like year ten. It's possible for it to be structured that way. We structure it in a way so it's it's faster cash earlier on and faster growth. That's one aspect. It has to be properly structured and properly funded. And then the other aspect of it too is. 
it's not meant to replace other investments, right? It's not, right. you know, it's not meant to say that instead of doing everything else, only do whole life insurance, that would be an unwise financial recommendation to make. Rather, we're saying use it alongside your other investments. Right? Got it. Have so it it's, as it's the foundation to your investment. So fund the life policy, borrow against that, invest in stocks, invest in real estate, invest wherever you want, wherever you're, you understand the risk, invest there and then ha- and then pay it back and then have it grow. So that way it's the foundation. Mm-hmm. Think about it this way. Let's say that you have money in the stock market, you have money in real estate, you have money in banks, you have, you know, all, all your money kind of scattered around and then another 2008 happens. Right. Uh, the stock that wasn't fun. Yeah, <laughs> that was not fun. Exactly. <laughs> but those who had their money and we, we see, you know, the illustrations where life insurance companies didn't see a dip at all in their cash value or their dividends even when 2008 happened. So, you know, you would need at least one place that's not going to be affected or hindered. by. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. that, that's my recommendation. Yeah. Recommendation is have at least one place. That's not going to be affected by market conditions. Yeah. And now, and that's, that was, um, boy, that was an ugly time. 2007, 2008, uh, 2009 was still not that great either, but cause that was, that was a time where, man, if you had all your holdings in real estate, you know, if you could hold on to them, it was okay. Mm-hmm. But if you needed to liquidate them to, um, move or to, to, to live or to have your own house and stuff left, man, I'll tell you, that was, that was tough. I mean, a lot of times people were selling things for half of what they were worth because they had to get liquid. They had to liquidate to get money. Those that were set up very well. And I have a friend that was like that here locally. He was buying up properties left and right. Cause that was like the best time to buy was 2008, 2007, eight and nine was great time to buy. So to, to, to wrap things up, what, what else do you want to say? We got to get, come to the end here soon. What else did you want to say about this, the, the, this whole uh, concept? Yeah. I wanted to say about your friend, you know, who was buying in 2008, it was an advantage for him. So I think it's only an advantage for people who have access to cash, right? Yeah. Because if you and go to banks cash. and borrow, yep. banks probably weren't even loaning out. They weren't. So that was your exact, he had cash and that's the thing. Yeah. He had lots of cash and, uh, you know, so he, and he, man, he came out of that. That was probably the best thing that ever happened for him. It was, was exactly. that crash. Some people, yeah. Some, a lot of people make money off of crashes if they have Absolutely. The, back, the backing. And this is where infinite banking comes in, right? Because you, as your cash value is building up, if properties drop and you have enough cash to go in there, you could borrow out of the policies, pay for the policies, cash, pay back your policies whenever you want. Yeah. And, and it's not a fa- The insurance companies are not going to find, they're not going to loan to you based off of economic conditions. They don't care at all about how the economy is doing. The only collateral you need is just the policy itself. It's not mm-hmm. recourse. There's no personal guarantee, no personal credit. It has nothing to do with your financial situation or the economic situation. It's entirely backed by the insurance policy itself. So everything that you're talking about, just to make sure I'm on right on this, is all this has to do with investing in, with with insurance companies. That's pretty much yes. where you're putting all the money. You're putting it either in a in a safe uh, life insurance type investment type thing that's going to grow at a guaranteed growth, and the other one is more of one that's matched with I think the whole life. Would that be the whole life? Then would be the other thing. Which yeah, one's so the more risky one? What's the non-guaranteed? That would be the one with dividends. So everything is, is going to be whole life insurance. Okay. And within whole life insurance, the actual policy itself, it has two parts. So it has the guaranteed part and the non-guaranteed part. So everything I'm referring to is, is with whole life, cash value whole life insurance. Okay. So is there anything else you want to cover or no? Yeah. Uh, uh, as you mentioned at the beginning we of the podcast, we yeah. wrote a book called Thinking Like a Bank. Yes. It's not, it's not a book. It's more of an e-book. It's right. And you can you can download it uh, on your yes. website, from your website, right? And that's thinkinglikeabank.com. Yeah. And, and you have, uh, um, you can just download it from there. Does it cost to download that or no? It's free. It's free. Wow. 
That's awesome. We don't hear that too often, do we? Free download of, of how to make more money from your money. But is there, how does somebody hire your services then? Yeah. So we, we would love to work with you guys. If you have, you know, if you're looking for kind of a different approach to handling your money. Um, so we do, we have a couple of steps. So the first step is we have an intro call. We, we get to know each other, make sure we're a good fit to work with each other. Second is we have uh, like a confidential questionnaire slash financial analysis call. This is where we're getting to know your situation. We want to understand your financial situation. So that way the recommendations we make are relevant to you. The third step is a solution. This is where we present the solution to you and say, you know, based off of the information we gathered in the previous call, this is what we're presenting that's relevant to you. And then if everything looks good, then we would implement the solution with one of at least three insurance companies we work with, mm-hmm. specifically in, in the context of cash value whole life insurance for investment purposes. Then, and then at the fifth step after implementing, then w- after the client funds it, then we would get paid from one of the insurance companies. So, oh, so they actually, they actually pay you then the insurance company pays you for doing that. Yes. Oh, that's great. No, I was going to say you got paid in here somewhere because you're not paying for your download. So I was wondering how you're getting paid. Yeah. We're not paying for our recommendations, advice or gotcha. hours. So it's only, it's only when, so. only when it starts to, uh, to, to become something, then you, then you start paying. Got it, got it, got it. Well, you know what? We're at the end here. We're, the music's coming on, so that means we got to wrap this up, right? So, hey, I wanted to say thank you for coming on the show, and it's Sari. Did I get that right? You say your name. Say your name. Ibrahim. Uh, Ibrahim. I got the last name right, but I couldn't get the first name right. That's all right. Well, it's nice to meet you, man. Take care. Thanks so much for being on the show. Make sure you look at his website, thinkinglikeabank.com. Check out all of his information there, and if that makes sense, you know, get in touch with him and, and uh, see what he can do for you. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Are your kitchen and bathroom remodels a little overdue? Well, now's your chance to call First Response Contracting. John Sellers will take care of you. 484-256-7136. They do residential and commercial, and they're licensed and insured. Give them a call at 484-256-7136.